Tanya for the second of Nisan, but first the story. There's a story recorded in Medrash Tanchuma. There was once a group of Jewish men traveling on a boat, and of the, all the men were all businessmen, and there was one scholar that was also on the boat as well. And they were all, all the businessmen, the whole, ti- the whole time along the journey, were all discussing whose wares are more superior, you know, whose um, um, belongings that they want to trade are worth more and a better quality. And they, 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 it was a long travel and they had not much to talk about. So they, they argued and discussed. And at one point they turned towards the Torah scholar and they asked him, um, what about your wares? What wares do you have? And he said, my wares are far superior to any of yours. And he just left it. Like he didn't explain what they were, where they were. So they started searching the ship. They started looking up and down, trying to find where his where his wares were and what they were and how they were possibly more superior than his. And at some point, they gave up. While they were involved in this, they they hear that there's a pirate ship. A pirate ship came and a pirate ship attacked them and took all their belongings. And then the pirate ship. The, the pirates took the men, dropped them at the nearest coast, and with no money and nothing to their name, just left them there. So these men, all of them, walked to the nearest city. And meanwhile, the, the Talmud Chacham, the scholar, went to the nearest shore, sat down and learned. And the people there discovered that this man was an extremely accomplished Torah scholar. And they started to respect him as a rabbi. And they followed him around and they did whatever he wanted. And in a very short amount of time, he had everything he possibly needed. But these men, that businessmen, were entirely penniless. And the rabbi found, um, um, searched out for them and helped them with the local government, assuring them that these people are good men. That and they got the, he got them the money and enabled that they were able to put themselves back on their feet. And when he when he finally spoke to them, he told them he said the 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 my wares. He said in a joking way, my wares. You could see my wares is a lot more valuable than your wares. He had Tyra, and Tyra always comes through comes through for a person. And the the Menshachuma quotes uh, a pasuk that shows that Torah is the greatest um, the greatest asset, and we should never uh, uh, desert Torah. The Tanya now is actually finishing off the topic that we started in chapter thirty-five. A fraction of chapter thirty-eight is going to st- talk about that, and then we're going to talk about a topic we're gonna, which we're going to delve into at great length, and that is intention versus action. But before we get to the discussion about intention versus action, we need to finish off the topic about about action itself, why it's so important and how, how what an incredible asset it is. Perak Lamed Ches, 38. With everything mentioned above, based on everything that was said until now, we can understand this massive discussion in the Gemara where there's, where there's actually, it's, it's a disagreement whether thinking actually counts as speech or is it count as anything, or does it not count as anything? And the Gemara goes a great length trying to uncover whether whether it actually um, is worth anything, or it's not worth anything. Practically speaking, when it comes to everything, you need to say it. And the Gemara's conclusion there is that if you want to actually do something, you want it to actually count, you need to say it. If you think it, which unfortunately a lot of people don't know, and they, they, they think the davening in the morning, they think the Shema, in their brain they say Shema Yisrael Hashem and they don't realize actually have to vocalize it, it doesn't actually count as the mitzvah. It's still a wonderful thing, but you want to do the mitzvah of saying Shema, you want to do the mitzvah of, of, of 
prayer. You want to do the mitzvah of If person wants to do benching, all these different mitzvahs, if you want to fulfill it, you need to say it. It's not enough to just think it in your head. The, and the flip side and now the most amazing flip side and again this runs entirely what we've been saying with the past three chapters if a person for example just rattles off the davening doesn't have any intention at all he has no idea what he's saying of course it's not ideal that's not what we're talking about we're talking about did he fulfill his obligation or does he need to repeat it because if a person says Shema in his, in his brain and doesn't actually vocalize the words he needs to repeat Shema but what if a person says Shema with his mouth but has absolutely no idea you know he's, he's not in the, in the zone at all no intentions put into it at all says the Altar based on Halacha you don't have to repeat You've, you fulfilled your obligation because you said it this is a world of action like we've been mentioning in the past few chapters. And therefore, it's all about doing it. You didn't have intention? That's very sad. And it's, it's, a person should really have intention, like we're going to discuss in the next upcoming chapters. But nonetheless, halakhically speaking, you fulfilled your obligation. Now, while we're talking just for a matter of, of transparency, the Altar says, Levan So, Says Al-Tabah, if you want to be uh, 100% precise, the Shema and Shemona Esra, the, 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 the first pocket of Shema and the first Bracha Shemona Esra, you actually do need to have intention. But everything else, aside from that, you just rattle off the words, you've done your obligation of davening, of benching, whatever it is. This is why is the halacha like this? That if you have no intention, it's still fine. It's all based on the same principle that we repeated multiple times at this point. The neshama doesn't need elevation. There's no, no redemption that the neshama needs. It's, there's no way for, in this world, a neshama to reach a higher ecstasy, a higher connection to God than what it already accomplished in the higher worlds. So why does it come in? Why does it come into this world? It comes here as a great kindness to the body in order to elevate the body. So the neshama and neshama-like activities which are, which are intention having you know the the meaning behind the actions that you're doing they're they're not they're not something which will invalidate the action because this world's all about the action it's a body oriented world so if a person for example davens and rattles off the words without absolutely no intention no let's call it no soul it's still fine because the soul we're not doing the mitzvahs for the soul we're doing the mitzvahs for the body for the portion of the world for the hand that's involved in it the 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 physicality of this world that a person's elevating the part of his of his portion that's been assigned to him out of the 600,000 spots within the 600,000 souls, as I already spoke about. All of these are physical-oriented things. These are things that are elevated through physical actions. That's the end of that conversation that we've been spending the past three and a quarter chapters involved in. And now we're going to start a new topic in the Tanya. And the ta- of course, it's a continuation, because as you can see, we're discussing um, intention, and now we're going to be delving into the topic of intention. But... Even though we've been minimizing intention, saying, well, this, this world's all about the physical and who cares what you're thinking, the Altair is now going to flip the, the script a little and say, you know what? Don't think that it's only just a bad action. It is, that is the reason we're here. But intention takes us to a whole new place. In fact, intention is so, so much greater than the actual action itself. Ach, Afa Pichain. 
in spite of everything we've been saying in the past three chapters, the entire you know thrust of of the logical progression that we've been going on, focusing on action, nonetheless, Amru, that's the rabbis say, in spite of the fact that you might fulfill your obligation by doing, let's say, um, davening, and have absolutely no intention and no kavana and no uh, love of Hashem and fear of Hashem, etc., the, the Shalah writes like this, that a person that does a mitzvah or anything, and he does the action, so he fulfilled the obligation, but he has no intention behind it, it's like a body without a soul. The body is a body. It's fully there. But without a soul, what use is a body? So, is the body there? Yes. All right. Did you fulfill your obligation? Yes, yeah, sure. But is it counted like it has like any value? Very little. The difference between the body versus the soul, that's what the difference between a, um, a mitzvah with intention and a mitzvah without intention, which is a very dramatic statement. Pirush. Just like every creature in this world has a body and has a soul. Just as you have a body, it has a psukim talk about the neshama that Hashem puts inside of it. And Hashem gives this soul animation and creating it from nothing continuously over and over. So you have the physical table. And then you have the, the soul. What is a soul? A soul is that godly energy that keeps it being what it is. And if it were to, if this godly soul were to be removed from the thing, from the table, let's say, the table wouldn't fall apart or turn into dust it would cease to be it's a very very existence is being continuously created over and over by the let's call it the soul or the godly energy that's flowing into it and the says that there's no difference or there's no comparison between the quality of the light that comes into the body itself and the light that goes into the soul. Into the soul. So the, soul, the godly energy that powers up the soul and the godly energy that powers up the body, as you can imagine, the body is being powered up and it would cease to be if not for the energy that goes into it. But the soul that lies inside of it let's call it giving it giving it its energy the energy that goes to it is far greater than you know the 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 trillionth of percentile that goes into the body it, it's no comparison the soul energy has so much more than the body energy and this topic we're going to continue over the next few few weeks continuing talking about the about the the energy of the soul and the energy of the body and really the kavana versus not kavana and that's the worst side of this. We started this topic today. Thank you so much for joining. Tiny, tiny, little interest. Just remember, you have to mention all around the sun. Sorry, I just have to move the company on. Unfortunately, I'm not going to see a step at the moment. Sorry, sorry. Hello, behind me, I'm going to work on the very left of the mirror. And this is the land name and art. And everyone else needs to push. Let me have one for a very successful day. Thank you so much for joining.